there. You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast, recorded live at Collective Church in Roanoke, Texas, with co-lead pastors Courtney Clark and Megan Lawton. Enjoy the sermon. I think we talked last week about how grief is how we know that we are connected. Grief is how we know that God has intended for us as a social species to have a sense of belonging and to care and to love. I am really, really honored to have been a part of this community for the past nine years. And um, who knew that this random kid and a bunch of my classes in seminary would end up starting a church and somehow I'd move into the area and, and meet all of you at different times. And Mallory and Sean, I haven't gotten to meet you yet, but I'm so glad that you guys are here. I've been thinking and praying for you. Um, I grew up um, with an understanding of, of Christianity as an individual relationship with Jesus. We use this phrase, your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, it's very clear in Scripture that we were meant to experience God as the body, as, as a group of people, that it was never meant to be about you and your... A uh, lone connection with God in a closet, but instead this experiencing the love of God as you love each other. It is so much easier to love God if you're not surrounded by other people. Um, it's a little more complicated when you have people with different opinions and different styles of interaction and, and different, we'll call them idiosyncratic behaviors. Um, <laughs> But it's as we do that that we see different facets of God we could never see from our own individual experience. And I need your individual experience to understand more of who God is. I need your interaction with Jesus to show me more of the redemptive heart of God, right? And that's why we gather together, not because we have to, but because we understand that there's more to God and to the recreative process that's happening to redemption and restoration than what I'm able to have on my own. I need the experiences that you have and the unique lens that you have and the unique ways in which God speaks to you. That is how fullness of life comes about, not how long you've been following Jesus, but how willing you are to walk with others who are doing the same and provide safe space for the world, right? And this has been a place where I have been able to do that. In the truest sense, and many of you know my story, coming in a certain way and then having to take time off because, and then having a place to come back to um, as I was getting well, right? So, we don't need to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Emotions are. Listen, too blessed to be stressed, guys. <laughs> right? Okay, so anyway, I'm so glad to see all of you. And um, 
when I was praying about what we were to talk about, I, I felt like uh, I was being pointed to just the very last verse in the Gospel of Matthew. And if, if you know this context, uh, Jesus has been resurrected, and so Mary goes to the grave, and I love the way it's talked about. This huge stone is rolled away, and then the angel is sitting on top of it. And it's like, and then the angel sat on top of it. And I feel like that's a really funny detail. You know, like he's just sitting there and he's like, can't wait till they come up here and see this. <laughs> this is gonna be so crazy. You know, like just waiting, like surprise, and you're like, oh, wrong person, okay. So. <laughs> You know, but, but this excitement, and, and what's, what's great about Mary, you know, who's the first preacher um, of Jesus' resurrection, because she goes and tells what she sees. So first woman preacher. There you go. Second is going to be, of course, woman at the well. I'm just saying. Let's point that out. But um, <laughs> that, uh, that she runs away, and she's so excited, and the text says that she's filled with joy and afraid. And there's that, again, that mutuality of, you know, where I believe, help my unbelief, I trust, but there's doubt. I am so excited. I'm also terrified. A very normal expression and emotion after encountering the resurrected Jesus, a God who continues to create and is always speaking and working. So after the disciples have had a chance, and it says that some of them doubted, and in this text there's absolutely no a negative word about that at all. It's just the reality, right? They doubted. It doesn't mean that they didn't believe the next day. It doesn't mean that in a few weeks they were like, oh, or 30 years later, they were like, wow, I, I get it now. But it was this continued movement as a group that they began to understand the implications of what it meant that the kingdom of God was here and that new creation had come for anyone. <clears throat> so as Jesus is leaving and gives what we know as the Great Commission, sending them out with this love into the all nations and gives them the word of, uh, you know, kind of a difficult journey of, so you're going to go to all these people and this is what you're going to say and you're going to teach them the things that I have taught. And here's the way you're going to be able to do that. I'm going to be with you always, even to the end of this present age. Or common English, I will myself be with you every single day. There's not going to be a moment in which you're engaging in the Great Commission or the loss of, of a physical daily presence of Jesus or uh, some of the experience and loss that you've had that I'm not going to be with you every single day. There's not an encounter um, of difficulty or a challenge that you're going to face where I'm not going to be with you every single day. The things that I ask of you, the love that I'm inviting you into, these things are not going to be done without me with you continuously every single day until what you know is even over. You will never, ever, ever be alone. This is a very important point for Matthew because the entire gospel of Matthew is framed in this idea of Jesus being with us. The gospel of Matthew begins with the angel of the Lord coming to Joseph in a dream and saying, hey, there's going to be this kid born. Mary's going to have him, and you're going to call him Emmanuel. This pronunciation of the name of the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, is not God will conquer and destroy your enemies. 
but Emmanuel, God is with us. Apparently what humanity most needs in a Messiah and a Savior and a Redeemer is a God who is present. So Matthew tells us the purpose in the presence of God in Jesus and then ends with that as well. The entire thing is framed in God being with. There are ways in which we want God to act and in ways we would love for God to solve problems and I would love it if it was God fix us or God save me from having to go through certain things or God instantly change me. Maybe a magic wand wouldn't kill you, you know. <laughs> but, but God with us. God with us. It makes sense, though, because whenever you talk to someone about their biggest fear, if they're able to get to the under part of something, well, why are you afraid of this relationship ending? Well, because I love this person. But under, what's under that? Let's keep going. It's because nobody wants to be alone. I think we're deeply afraid of being alone. And, you know, Emily, I was thinking when you were having us sing, Give Me Jesus, that that's one of the points. You're talking about the dark of night and then you're talking about when I am alone that they're in that darkness in that place where there doesn't seem to be guidance or light or vision that that's comparable to death and it's comparable to being alone right the story of the lost son the way that the father frames it is that somehow being lost is worse than death my son who was dead is alive and that which was lost is now found we want to be found. We were created with a very real need for belonging. And when I am alone, Jesus says, I myself am going to be with you. In the Greek, it makes it specific that it's not going to be a presence of some kind of deity, but I myself am going to be with you every single day for the rest of your life. Every day, everywhere, every place. It must be what we most need. And I don't say that in a, a, a cheap, positive, patty way. Well, it's okay what you went through because God's with you. It's fine, you know. <laughs> Maybe you forgot. That's okay. Maybe you should memorize the end of you know, my tweet. But it's, it's not just a statement. We don't have to put it on our cross-stitch pillow list, you know. But... But somehow God is, is taking each one of us on a journey for that reality to become deeper and deeper. You know, um, Sean, when you're talking about the mustard seed, I also feel like that's the ideas sometimes that God gives me of, you are loved. And I'm like, I feel like it's like the tiniest thing ever. And then as I continue in this way with God, all of a sudden it takes a little bit of root and grows bigger and bigger and bigger and becomes the way in which I interact with the world and see myself and God. And this is that as well. That there are times when it impacts us more when we hear it new that God is with us where we need it in a different way, where it means something to us, where it means something to someone else, where they need to understand that God is with us. And the amazing part of being a carrier of God's life is that we get to be with people and make the invisible God visible to remind this world that God is with us. Emmanuel, God present here now. Not just at selective times, right? 
God present in need, God present when we're so disconnected we don't know whether or not we need anything. And so entering into a new season in which things change, I think it's good for us to know that was my shoe, so stop. (laughs) (laughs) You guys. Entering into a season in which things change, it's, I'm not saying it's a solution, but I will say that I believe God's word for us is that God is with us. And so we then can allow, instead of me telling you what that means, (laughs) this can be a space in which you allow the divine to show you what that means that God is with you. What does it mean, God, that you are with me in the midst of this struggle I'm having interpersonally or with parenting or with my spouse or with my job? What does it mean that you're with me in a compulsive behavior and in a consistent challenge and when I keep choosing things that are harmful to me and when I can't seem to stop before I say things out of anger? What does it mean that you are with me as I'm trying to move past shame? What does it mean that you're with me as I look for another place and another community with whom I can worship? What does it mean when I'm lost and when I feel alone? We cannot reduce that concept and the name of divine love that came to restore all of humanity, right? I don't know what it means. I know a little bit about what the word with means, right? To be beside, to be for somebody, to be in their corner. What else? What does it mean to be with somebody? To take that space where they know that they're not alone, where they feel that there is someone who's willing to understand them, someone who listens and and hears. To be with someone is, is to be willing to see them without criticism or deciding if their point of view is even valid. To be with someone is maybe just to be in the same room when they're going through the most difficult thing ever. I think a lot about a, a courtroom scene and someone that's for me being behind me as I'm on trial, you know, or your most difficult places where you need someone. And what do we do when we're in that space for someone else? It's like, how do I, how do I fix this, right? And fixing is an incredible strength. I love that God has given us talents and insight and wisdom to be able to take care of things and to, to focus and to do what needs to be done. But a lot of times fixing, as, as we learned from Martha, and it's so important to fix and take care of things, but it can take us out of being present, right? So we have a God who's committed to constant presence in the midst of everything, right? Because spirituality is not the avoidance of bad circumstances, but the presence of God in the midst of everything. I want us to know that God and that presence more and more, wherever we are. I'm really sad. But I trust a God who's with us. And I'm so glad I got to love you guys and be loved by you. You have prayed for me when I didn't have words. I want to uh, 
I want to pass these out. We'll see if your counting was right on. <laughs> Just take one down, pass it around. And then uh, you can open it. I want you to think about I want you to think about why I gave you that. Why did I give you that? No right or wrong answer. That feels cool. It is very cool. <laughs> it's not for use with white powder, guys, okay? So. Mm -hmm. You're like, this is a donut. <laughs> no one eat it. We've got rules. No, uh, you know. So just, just take a couple minutes. Why, why, why did I give that to you? So we can see each other in ourselves. Okay, so we can see each other in ourselves. That's good. Why else? You're not alone with your reflection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not alone with your reflection. As a reminder that you are loved? Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Why did I give you that? You're looking at me. <laughs> it's not a right or a wrong. It's not a right or a wrong, Emily. Well, the only thought that came to my mind was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's how that's the tell the mirror thing started was last <laughs> week. I got at the after the service they were talking about how we don't know how people perceive us and I'm thinking psychologically, yeah, that's very true. We don't see ourselves as we are. And they're like, no physically, and I'm like, What? <laughs> I can't see myself as I you, what? Then what do I look like? So then I got kind of obsessive because they're like well, you could do this TikTok inverted thing and like people just lose their minds <laughs> and, and you know, it like results in, in uh, mental breakdowns because you don't look how you thought you looked. And, oh, and then it's like your face is asymmetrical. And then it was just like a deep hole. <laughs> Friends at home, don't. So I did what anyone would do and I Googled like best app to see how I really look, you know. And um, so then I'm in the grocery store Oh, and you were with me, and I kept taking pictures of, I'm not a selfie taker, but in the grocery store, which is a great private place to do this, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and then, you know, it's like 10 o'clock at night, just kidding, I was with my kid in the grocery store, don't call people, it was like um, 8 p.m. at night, and so I'm taking pictures of myself trying to figure it out, and I finally gave up, because I was like, I don't, I don't know, and it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> so what you were thinking about, sorry, why I gave this to you is because, you know, let's not try to do the inverted thing. Let's just do what the mirror says. Sure. Wow, I derailed your joke. <laughs> <laughs> Cole, why did you give, why did I give you that? Uh, well, we did have that conversation. It was interesting. Um, but I think recognizing that even if maybe you're not, you don't think of yourself the same way as other people think of you, that mm -hmm. it, that's not necessarily the awful thing that you think it is. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. And what a silly search to, to try to find out what I really look like. 
You know, I mean, uh, in a mirror, I'm I'm looking at what I usually think about, which is myself, right? <laughs> Good reminder. Yeah. What about you guys? Why did I give you that? <laughs> a signal for help. <laughs> a signal for help. Yeah. Tom, why did I give you? Why did I give you a mirror? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, this is this is an image of God, even though your reaction is that it's you. Yeah. What are you thinking, Courtney? Oh, you already said yeah. That's good. <laughs> Brian didn't say anything. That's what you were about to say. <laughs> that guy right there and he's the same. Well, you gave it to me. The only thing I can think of is the same. It didn't work. The magic mirror didn't. Did you hear what Janice said? She said that I gave it to her to remind her she doesn't need it. And then she said that the magic mirror didn't work. You know, I couldn't wait to hear what you were going to say about this, honestly. You know when you set yourself up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, she's going to have some good ones for me. What did you say, Brian? I also only could think of a joke. That's great. Which was to use to signal each other across the... I think that's great. Okay, but let's just take it as a as a method of communication. Okay, Chad, what about you? Um, keep it simple. I see you. You see me. Yeah. Um, see myself. Yeah. Looking at my mind. Yeah. Being seen, being heard, being known. I think it's great. What about you guys? Don't forget about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's well, really good. That's the deep one that I thought of, but I also had the joke that one of us has food in our teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Of course you did. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I did. I did notice that I drove two and a half hours and I did not. Look in the mirror one time today. And um, Olive, I like, is using it as light, you know, a, a, a light reflection. And Megan? Also what I was using it as. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Annoying Tom with it. So. <laughs> what else? Jillian? Um, for me, it's just being able to see, see myself in a different way, because it's slightly different yeah. than what I used to. Mm -hmm. And to remind myself that I am beautiful. Yeah. And that God sees me as right. beautiful. Mm -hmm. And also, it's good to ask for the cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really do think there's another cat when they look out the back door glass. And That's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Molly, why did I give you I was going to say, are you not going to embarrass us because we're new? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're coming. I figured you'd make your way. Mine was unfortunately also kind of a joke. Yeah. Maybe kind of not. You know, yeah, tell. You're finding some wisdom in the joke. So I was thinking. That turd over there is getting me. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, was thinking there was like a really old, like 20 years old Ellen DeGeneres stand-up. Yeah. she talks about the footprint story. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> you know, they're like, well, when it was a really hard time, there was only one set of Right. And Jesus goes, well, I was on your back. <laughs> but uh, what I <laughs> was thinking of right. was like, you can like, see who's behind you. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so, you know, yeah. and it gives us different angles, different perspectives. You know, the ability to see beyond what I, what's right in front of me, too. You know, you can't see your French braid if you're just looking in the mirror, right? There has to be another mirror in the back, you know, or you're relying on other people. But I, I actually think that's really good and very helpful. Sean. Um, I, uh, when I spoke here, I talked about God's love language with me being coincidence. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, what's, what's the coincidence? Mm -hmm. And I'm not exactly sure yet, but I had on Facebook, my friend posted this from the Baal Shem Tov. Okay. Founder of Hasidic Judaism. Yes. This morning, and I screenshot it. Mm -hmm. I will teach you the way Torah is best taught, not to feel conscious of oneself at all, but to be like a listening ear that hears the world of sound speaking, but does not speak itself at all. And uh, what was interesting for me is after I just gave those announcements about church options, mm -hmm. I quietly said to Mallory, "That was too long, wasn't it?" She said, "Yeah." <laughs> so, um, it's just, but, but what's, <laughs> what's interesting is um, confronting myself, not speaking, mm -hmm. not having anything to say, just yeah. me. Yeah. And so often when I'm in church, it's in a speaking role of some kind. Yeah, I get and that. So what you're saying about God being with you, mm -hmm. just be silent and take that. Yeah. Away. Yeah. That's really good. Thank you. And you know what's cool with a mirror? You can do anything in front of it. It has to do it back. Like if you make the weirdest, <coughs> like it just. It's so happen. true. But like, do this back. Do it, yeah. <laughs> and I get to imagine. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then I tell her. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think you brought up an imagination element there as well. And did you get to share? Um, I mean, I tried to make a joke, but I... Uh, won't do that again. <laughs> oh, not because we won't be meeting again. I will tell you that my, my first thought Yeah. Which someone kind of already said, so. I love it. I mean, I, th I think it's important. I do. I think it's important. Anyway, do you want to share? Do you want to share? Um, I mean, what I thought of is that, like, um, I don't know. I mean, it's like there's another person in the mirror, I guess, so, like, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. And. Yeah. And, like, you can see God for yourself. Yeah. Right. The, so here, here's a, a summary. The reminder of God's presence, the reflection of, you know, the fact that I'm created out of the love and goodness of God, and that was never rescinded. Um, the fact that I'm 100% worthy of love and belonging, and when I look at myself, that can be what I remember, that we choose what we see. We choose what we focus on. Um, we either nurture negativity or we allow reality to what colors our vision, um, the different angles, how I am allowed to see, you know, I can use it to see behind me. It doesn't just have to be my face, but it can also be a different way of seeing the world um, that I don't necessarily have an accurate view of myself when I look into it, even though we would say it's our most accurate view. There's a reality behind the reality. The way God sees me is a deeper reality than what I can see with my own eyes or experience with my own life, right? And there's the signaling for help, there's the levity, there's the humor, there's the fact that it's a way of understanding 
God, it's a point of grounding and remembering and remembering, coming back again to what it is to be the created. Um, what Chad said, you know, that I, I am known, you know, this idea of being heard and seen. So all of those things are incredible, you know, and, and that I'm not the only one with a mirror, right? Everybody else had one too. That was my goal, at least, for everybody to have one. And friends at home, you're always welcome. I'll mail you one. Um, <laughs> but why did I give it to you? Who knows? Okay, let's say, who doesn't know? You, 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 right? You guys don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I was just hoping it would come together. <laughs> um, I don't know why some of the things have happened in your life that have happened. I don't know why you've been through certain things. I don't know why you've made some of the decisions. Others, you did not make that decision and it happened to you. Sometimes you were handed something. Sometimes you chose something, right? I told you to open this. Wasn't, wasn't your choice. You didn't pick this up somewhere. So I gave you something that you then had to deal with and open and think about, right? So we have these experiences, and I don't necessarily think the point is why we have these experiences as much as what we do with it, since we have it. So a couple things here. Your time at Collective is an experience, and you get to, at different times, allow it to help you reflect, help you see other people, remind you that you are the created, loved ones of God help you see different angles or just reminding that you matter and you know all these all these different things you know to look at myself with honesty and compassion you know this forward movement and your experience at collective is going to mean different things at different times right just in the same way that this, this mirror meant different things to you guys at different times. I guarantee if you had more time, it would mean different things. But what, what you did was you stopped with an experience you had and you allowed yourself to just be there and think about it, you know? And that's what we do with this idea of God with us. That's what we can do is, is open-handed with our experience as, as collective as we've known it, right? Is to just allow it to be and at different times, I'm like, wow, I really see love. And at other times, I say, wow, I really see that I, for me, made something about myself, you know. Um, so why ever, you know, however long you've been here, however long people have been with us in a million different ways, whether it's like me, the random person who ended up finding home here, even though I live far away, or people who've been with us online, or those of you who've been here since the beginning, or those of you who are coming beside us. Um, is we all belong, and it looks different at different times. But it's the, it's the most real thing, just in the same way that God is with us. The experiences you've had are real, and at times they may hurt, and at times they may bring hope, right? This has been the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening.